Welcome into Shat Talk, the People's Sports Talk Podcast, with your host, Bradley Shatra. And we are back with the Shat Talk Podcast, this time the Shat Talk Red Sox podcast, because man, oh man, has it been a ride all aboard the Red Sox train the past two weeks. I mean, where to even start? I mean, you you look at what happened to this team, you think uh, COVID-wise, and right now you got nine guys now, I think it is. It might even be 10 that are on the COVID IL. I know it was all the way up to 11, and then Josh Taylor came back yesterday. Kike Hernandez is expected to come back today for the team. So at least they're starting to get some of their guys back from the original COVID spike here. But there is by no means a healthy Red Sox roster out there on the field. That is for sure. And you could see it yesterday. I mean, what I mean by the ride with this team is all of a sudden COVID hits. And it seems like everything's trending in the wrong direction. They dropped the first two games in the Tampa Bay series. They were there for four. And Xander Bogarts gets pulled off the field. And now he's diagnosed with COVID. And all of a sudden, you sit there and there's just no other way you can think of it is that everything is trending in the wrong direction for this team. Everything. And now you take away the leader, one of the more important players on this team, and you kind of snatch him away, and he will be away for the team for an extended period of time now. And it, it was tough to have a positive outlook after that second raise game. But then the Red Sox split that series. Somehow, some way, Jaron Duran comes up with a big hit in game three of that series. In game four, they execute with a bunch of singles, with seven or eight singles in that game. And they come back home after that. And they face Cleveland, who they take two out of three from. So they won four out of their last five at that point. And then the Tampa Bay Rays come walking into Fenway Park for the season opener. Yes, I mean, for the season opener. Geez, this late in the season. For the series opener yesterday. And man, oh man, did it feel like every bit of momentum and that you possibly could have built was kind of a screech came to a screeching halt yesterday. You look at the way they lost that game and it wasn't necessarily because of bad pitching. It wasn't necessarily even because the bullpen was that bad. It was defense. There's no way around it. It was defense. Alex Verdugo had a very, very tough day in the outfield. I mean, you look at some of the, the plays he was trying to make they're tough plays. There's no way around it. I mean, jumping up against that wall, having to go back in center field on a ball that's traveling pretty pretty fast, pretty hard, and Verdugo just wasn't able to make a play, but the one that was completely inexcusable was the one with the bases loaded, and I, I get that the sun was out there. He's battling the sun. Uh, it, it's, it's undefeated up there in the sky, but this isn't his first time facing the sun. This isn't his first time dealing with the sun, so for that play to start the inevitable rally and fight from the Tampa Bay Rays when they were down and out. They were punting that game. Kevin Cash was ready to kind of mail that one in and come back at it tomorrow. And all of a sudden, when Alex Redugo dropped that Nelson Cruz, pretty much routine pop fly there that cleared the bases, might you add, to make it a 7-5 ball game, all of a sudden, 
Everything started to shift momentum-wise into Tampa's favor. They kept fighting because the Red Sox kept a little bit of fight there too. I mean, they were knocking in home runs. They were knocking in runs to go up to give themselves a cushion. But then finally in the ninth inning, it finally came back to bite them. Garrett Whitlock let up a deep drive to center field that once again, Alex Verdugo was unable to kind of get a beat on and make a play. That one was more of just a straight-up shot. I don't know how much of a chance Verdugo had, but at that moment in the game for the ball to go to him in that situation and him not to make the play once again was was just something that uh, it, it was less than ideal. But at the same time, like I said, I'm, I'm not necessarily sure that Alex Verdugo even had a play on that ball because it was hammered by Austin Meadows. But... Now, where are we? Where do we sit? So the Red Sox right now are simply just trying to tread water. They are trying to stay alive, stay in the mix in this wild card race here before their team can get healthy and get back on the field. It's not like these are injuries or anything. They're just these guys, they have COVID and and they got to wait it out. They've got to follow protocols. So right now it's simply just a waiting game. Tread water. Do a good enough job to keep yourself in the mix. Keep yourself in those top two wildcard spots. And from there, we'll see what happens when this team gets healthy. Now, like I said, they're getting some guys back. Kike Hernandez is going to come back. I'm sure Christian Arroyo has got to be coming back at some point soon. And they're going to get some vaccinated guys back a little bit earlier than they would unvaccinated. So you got to watch out. Within the next week, there's going to be a lot of moving parts, a lot of pieces coming back. But right now, there's already a lot of uh, moving parts. I mean, yesterday, Jose Iglesias was on the field for the Boston Red Sox. I thought it was 2012. Where the heck did that come from? But it's what this team needs to do. They simply need to bring major league ball players in right now that can simply fill the hole, do a job for, I don't know, a week or two. They probably won't even be on this team after that is done, but they are here to fill a role. They're here to do a job. And I mean, yesterday, Jose Iglesias, he did his job. He came up, he had one at bat, he had a hit, he played the field pretty well. Um, He is unbelievable in the field. Obviously, that's nothing new. We knew that from his time here from 2011 to 2013, but it really is incredible, the glove on him. and, And he's very reliable on that side. It's just always been the question of can he hit the ball and is is that going to stand in his way? Now, I think that Alex Cora has done one hell of a job here with this team over this time. With all the moving pieces, with all the different lineups, he has really had to adjust playoff matchups, do whatever he can to give his team the upper leg in certain situations. So we've seen a lot of pinch hitters. We've seen a lot of pinch runners, but it's because runs are way harder to come by right now. This is this is not uh, this, the same team by any means that it was a month ago or two months ago. So he's really had to play with some pinch hitters. He's really been able to use Travis Shaw in a pinch hitter's role, which yesterday he did come through. I mean, let's be honest. The Red Sox had still had a chance yesterday to win that ball game no matter how bad they played it, even in the bottom of that 10th inning, they just were not able to execute uh, to get that runner home to at least tie the game, send it to a 12th in- or the 11th inning, I meant to say. But Travis Shaw, yeah, he came up, he executed in a spot. Uh, Kevin pluecki has been a guy that they've gone to in pinch hitting situations that I've really liked to see. I mean, he's a high contact guy. He goes up there and usually is able to get a job done. Um, and it's been interesting to see some of the new guys play here. Taylor Motter is an interesting guy. He made one hell of an athletic play a couple days ago. Uh, he also had a, a double. I believe it was a double yesterday. Uh, it was a hard hit ball. Uh, 
that's for sure into the outfield, into the gap. So he's a, a decent guy. I don't love him in the leadoff spot by any means. I'm really not sure what that was about. Maybe a righty lefty thing. I don't know. But Taylor Motter was pretty good. I mean, he's, he's filled a role. Let's be honest. He's a major league ball player and, and, and he's filling a role just kind of like what Jose Iglesias is doing. I think they tried the whole triple a thing, you know, bringing up Arauz, uh, bringing up Jack Lopez, uh, you bring up Yairo Munoz. I mean, they brought up these guys from AAA, try and give them a shot, see if they could do it. And they really haven't been effective outside of Arauz, who's been able to homer a couple of, or a few times here with the Red Sox now that he's been up. Uh, but overall, it, it seems as though they tried that experiment. It didn't work. So now they're going to go to some major league guys that their clubs have given up on them, like the Angels released Iglesias. I believe Motter was designated for assignment. So these are just guys that they're trying to catch lightning in a bottle for a week, and you probably won't see them ever again, like I said earlier. Now, let's talk about the guys that have been here and, and uh, have been here all season. Now, Bobby Dobick is a revelation. I truly would never have been able to predict what is going on with Bobby Delbeck? And he's making Haim Bloom look like an absolute genius. Let's be honest about that because me, me included, and a lot of other Red Sox fans said, why would you not go after Anthony Rizzo here at the trade deadline? It's a perfect fit. I mean, he, he can play the defensive first base well. He's a lefty bat with some power that would probably be effective at Fenway Park. Why wouldn't you go after the perfect fit? And I guess it was just too much of a cost for Haim Bloom. He didn't want to pay what the Cubs were asking. Instead, he goes out to get Kyle Schwarber, who has been fantastic for the Boston Red Sox since he's been here. And also, Bobby Dahlbeck has now hit his stride. Uh, maybe it's that leg kick. I don't know what is going on mechanically with Bobby Dahlbeck, but something has changed because he looks like a different hitter at the plate. Contact is being made. And putting the ball in play like that is allowing him to get doubles, get on base. Uh, he's working good at bats. I mean, it, it's truly, he's got his swagger back, and Bobby Dubick has looked very, very good. I mean, he's gotten on base the last week over 38% of the time. So he is doing his job. Kyle Schwarber, same thing. Like I said, I mean, he's been fantastic since he's been here. It seems like he really has a knack for, for clutch time hitting. Uh, he's able to really know the strike zone. I mean, yesterday he got... Uh, struck out and he was absolutely right on two of those pitches that the umpire called a strike he was he knew the zone better than the umpire knew the zone because when that umpire goes back after the game and looks at kind of the k zone and where the, those two balls were he will see that Kyle Schwarber was right so that is something that is so fun to watch with Kyle Schwarber is his command of the plate he's going to force pitchers to throw him pitches over the zone because he's just flat out not going to chase um, you move on from him. Rafi Devers has kind of had a really solid week here over the last seven days. He's hitting 318, getting on base 40% of the time. But you, I mean, you look at the numbers for RBIs, he's got seven hits over that span, uh, one homer. I would love to see Rafi's power kind of get cooking again. It was cooking last week. That's for sure. He homered twice in one game, homered before that to make it 30. Uh, but I would love to see him get cooking with the power. This team could use some one swing of the bat runs. Uh, keeping the line moving is just its a tough thing to come by right now when the bottom of your order looks the way it does. Yesterday is not a good example of that because, man, were they keeping the line moving. But... Uh, like I'm saying, I mean, you can't rely on that every day. You, you're going to have to manufacture runs and such, and and what better way to do it than hitting the ball out of the ballpark. So they really need Rafi Devers' power over the next week or so to get them some immediate runs, uh, not have to 
necessarily string three, four hits together to get those same amount of runs. And if there's one guy you're going to rely on, if it, when it comes to power, it is going to be Rafael Devers. I mean, he's been incredible this season. Once again, he has really exceeded expectations. If we're being honest, over a hundred RBIs, over 30 home runs already. He's got pretty much a month left in this season too. So there will be some more damage to come. And when you talk about his contract situation with the Red Sox, I don't think it's, it's any more clear and obvious that he deserves whatever he wants to be paid. And he should be here for an extended period of time. I said, when Rafael uh, when Rafi was 20 years old and had just come up to the MLB, I said, I don't ever want this kid to play for another team. And I meant it. And I hope that that is the scenario here in Boston because he fits here. Uh, the fans like him. And he, he, he he's truly a talent you don't want to give up. I, there's going to be some seasons where he, he doesn't necessarily produce like he has this past season. But I will take whatever he gives you because Rafi, he's he, let's put it this way. He's a guy that you know what you're getting from. I mean, all the extra hits, the you know, the doubles down the line, the, the single straight field, that's gravy. I mean, you're looking for the home run ball, and he's really been able to pick his spots with the home run ball, too. The reason I say that is because 3-2 count the other day when he hit that three-run home run against the Cleveland uh, Indians. It was one of those things where he was looking for one pitch in one spot. He got it executed right over the monster. So he is really maturing as a player and maturing as a hitter. And it's fun to watch because he's only getting better for this team. Alex Verdugo is another guy that, I mean, at the plate has been fun to watch. I mean, he's really been able to turn it back on, uh, hitting nearly 300 over the last week. Uh, his on-base percentage is over 43%, I mean, 435 OBP. I mean, that's incredible. He's really been able to keep an eye at the plate. And he's also been able to execute hitting the ball as well. I mean, he, he's a guy that they intentionally walked uh, to get to uh, the other day, loaded the bases up against um, hmm, the Indians, I believe. Yep. And, and he had a walk-off double over the right fielder's head. Now, he's one of those guys that's fiery. He's emotional. And I like that. He wears his emotion on his sleeve. It, it rubs some people the wrong way, but I really like that about him. I think he's a young player that has some real promise here. I mean, this season, there was there's some concern over the ability to beat the shift. Is that always going to be a problem in his game? But at the end of the day, I think he's only going to grow as a player just like Rafi has. And I think Verdugo has shown the ability to go to the opposite field at points. I mean, it's not consistent. It's not something that's happened consistently all year. But I think he can get to that point as a player. And I really think they have something here with Alex Verdugo. I mean, yeah, I laid it on uh, at the beginning of the show. He had a tough day yesterday in the field. It was brutal. It, it was tough to watch. And I'm sure there's nobody in the world that's harder on themselves today and last night than Alex Verdugo was on himself for that day that he had. But Either way, like I'm talking about, I mean, I think he's going to mature as a hitter. I'm excited to see if he can kind of bring that aspect to his game of uh, of being able to go to that opposite field and, and taking advantage of the shift rather than kind of the shift uh, being a problem for him. Now, Christian Vasquez has, has 17 at-bats over the last seven days. He's hitting 353, so he's turned it on a little bit too. Vasquez is more of a guy, you're just looking for some hits out of him. I mean, you're just looking for some drive that ball to right field, get on first base, we'll try to knock you in. I mean, a doubles gravy, a home run is really gravy. I mean, I remember when he hit a home run in New York, and it was like, wow, I mean, now is the time he's going to come through with that. So uh, he's a guy, you, 
you're, he's really there for the defense. You're happy with his defense. I, I think him and Ploiecki are kind of polar opposites as catchers. I mean, Ploiecki's defense, it, it's not great just because of his arm. I mean, teams are running all over Kevin Ploiecki whenever he catches it. It's, it's become all too obvious, and it's just it, it's something that, I mean, the opposing team's caught on, and, and they haven't stopped because he has failed to show the ability to consistently throw guys out at second base. Hell, throw guys out at second base, period. I mean, that's just not something that's in Ploiecki's game, but he is such a good hitter at the plate. He's able to put the bat on the ball that you have to find a way to get his bat in the lineup every here and there, and that's why he continues to play catcher. But at the end of the day, Vasquez is there because of the defensive catcher. He's got a great relationship with all the pitchers, and he's a guy who, who can execute defensively. It's just at the plate, you take a little bit of a tick down from Kevin Ploiecki, but I think we'll all take that in the sense of catcher's an extremely important defensive position. So it, it, whoever you have back there, it is is absolutely important. But the Red Sox are really at an interesting spot right here. I mean, they're playing with the bullpen. Uh, there's been times throughout the last week that I've seen certain guys come into the game, and I'm just thinking, what the heck is going on? Why is he coming in in this spot? And then I think to myself, they don't have anywhere else to go. I mean, the Red Sox right now are in a very, very tough spot when it comes to the bullpen. Uh, who do you move to? Who do you go to? That's just been a struggle here. I mean, we've seen a lot of Austin Davis. We've seen Hansel Robles over the last few weeks. Uh, I mean, over the last few days, I meant to say. I mean, yesterday was even more tough in the sense that they had gotten the bullpen rested and they had everybody available. They they were able to use whoever they wanted. And that's what makes yesterday even, even worse. I mean, you used Whitlock there in that ninth inning. You used Josh Taylor for a little while. And uh, I don't think Garrett Richards pitched. But either way, either way, I mean, it's been – yeah, Garrett Richards did pitch yesterday. So, I mean, you used a lot of arms yesterday. It was – Chris Sale was able, wasn't even able to make it through uh, five. He he got knocked around after that uh, Verdugo bases clearing – I don't even know what you'd call that. It, bases clearing triple, I think they scored it, and then it ended up clearing the bases because of a bad throw from the cutoff man. But either way – doesn't matter. Uh, Chris Sale came out of that game, and then a lot of pitches were used there. So it's not like the bullpen's fresh today. I mean, Adovino pitched yesterday. Whitlock pitched yesterday. Guy Richards pitched yesterday. So everybody's pitched. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see today who they're going to use. I'm sure we'll see Hansel Robles because he was not used yesterday. And then you got to wonder who's going to be able to go on back-to-back -back days. I think Whitlock's going to be down today. Josh Taylor should be able to go today, so that'll be interesting to see. I'm sure Adovino can pitch again today. So they have some guys ready, but just not rested, not in in their best state. So you never know what you're going to get from the ballpen today. Uh, Erod is on the mound. He was fantastic last time out for the Red Sox, and we you hope to see him do that once again Today, I mean, I'm sure it won't be as smooth sailing, but you hope to see him kind of execute his pitches the same way, pitch his best here in the most important part of the season, and let's see what this team can make happen at the plate. But that's really where the Red Sox are at. I mean, they don't know what they're getting from their bullpen at the moment. Uh, they're, they're hoping to get good starts from guys who have previously gotten them good starts. Uh, that didn't ring true for Chris Sale, who, who kind of had a shaky one yesterday. I mean, if you really think about it, though, if that ball never gets dropped by Verdugo, that's the inning over, and Chris Sale gets out of that with the 7-1 lead. So it's not like he was terrible yesterday. He just was not necessarily his best. Uh, he was able to cruise through it and 
hopefully next time out he's able to get some better defense, some better support. I mean, the run support was there. I mean, Chris Sale, he, he got on that mound 7-1. You thought this game's over. You really did. And it was – everything turned once Alex Verdugo dropped that ball. And then you look at the lineup. Now, today is going to be interesting. Does Kike Hernandez kind of retake his throne as the leadoff hitter and you move everybody back one? Schwarber hits second, and then you probably have Devers third or Martinez third, Devers fourth, whichever one, vice versa there. And then the bottom half, Verdugo, Renfro, Dahlbeck, those guys after them. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Kike Hernandez here. Does he enter right into there? Do they use him later on in the lineup? What's going to happen? Because I don't hate the idea of Kyle Schwarber in the one hole. I really don't. I think he actually feels more comfortable there if you look at his numbers this season. I mean, that uh, 12 homers in in 10 games, he was the leadoff hitter for the Nationals. Uh, He's had a leadoff homer for the Red Sox against Cleveland. So he seems to be really comfortable in that position. He may not be the fastest guy. He may not be your prototypical leadoff hitter, but he's able to execute from that spot. So I don't, I don't hate it at all. And I think Kike can execute pretty much from anywhere in the lineup. So that'll be interesting to see. I mean, he would, he's a guy that's going to be kind of a question mark today. We don't know what we're going to get from Kike Hernandez just because he's been sitting around. He hasn't necessarily been out and about. I mean, the last couple of days he has, but for that time that he was kind of quarantining and had to be away from the team, I'm not sure he was really doing much. So that'll be interesting to see what he looks like. Uh, does he kind of have some rust or is he able to just kind of step back in there and do his job? But defensively, he's going to be somebody that's going to be important to kind of have back in this lineup. You wonder if they put him at, at second base, they put him in center field. I would put him in center field just because of yesterday. I, I think that you got to get a guy back out there who kind of is able to execute in center field and has played that for most of the season. Verdugo's more of a left field guy. He can play right field as well. Uh, he can play center field too. I don't. I want to act like he just he can never play center field. I mean, it's an overreaction. It's just yesterday was tough. It, it was tough to watch and, and it, it was it was a brutal one. But I like Verdugo. Like I said, I think he's got a real bright future at the plate. And I think defensively, that's it was it was a bad day. You chalk it up to just a bad day. Now today, if he comes out and kind of lays an egg, then it's like okay, well, what's going on here? But defense has been an issue for the Red Sox. There's no way around it. Defense has been a big issue for this. And by a big issue, I mean. They are leading the major leagues in errors. So they are giving teams extra chances, extra runs, extra everything. And it's tough to win baseball games that way. It just is. You're giving teams extra chances to hurt you. And most of the time, it comes back to bite you. Most of the time. Not always, but most of the time. And we've started to see that over the last couple of weeks. Now, the problem with the defensive issues is you can't be having that problem at this point in the season. Every single regular season game from here on out is so much more important than they have been all season. That's why yesterday hurt so much. That's why yesterday was so aggravating and it was so tough to watch because you, frankly, you knew what was at stake. That was my phone, if anybody was wondering, but you knew what was at stake yesterday and for them to kind of give the Rays extra opportunities give them extra runs was a very painful thing to see now it wasn't all bad okay it wasn't all bad the Yankees lost so you didn't lose any ground there you're still a half game behind them I believe the A's lost as well but that doesn't really matter anymore now that's what's becoming interesting about the American League race here the American League at I mean the American League race the American League wild card race is getting very interesting because the Toronto Blue Jays have heated up 
And that was a team that I expected to be kind of way more of a threat in these wild card standings over the last month. But they've kind of been inconsistent. Uh, they dropped two to the Nationals at one point. Uh, it was just they weren't playing their best baseball. Now all of a sudden they're back on. Uh, they're back getting hot again. Uh, they swept the Oakland A's in what was a big series for them with wild card implications. Now they won yesterday against the New York Yankees, really laid it on to them in Yankee Stadium. Now New York has three more with Toronto over these next three nights. So that is an incredibly tough series. And it's a series, frankly, that's going to have massive implications going forward on this wildcard race. Now, if Toronto can stay hot here, win three out of four, I mean, they're going to now be one of the top two teams in the American League. And you know what? I'm man enough to admit that I want absolutely no part of the Toronto Blue Jays. They were a thorn in the Red Sox side, gave them problems after problems. And they're a scary lineup. They do have some solid starting pitching at the front end of their rotation. And their bullpen is is uh, shaky. It's, uh, I mean, let's be honest about it. It's not fantastic. But they are a team that can get hot here, play some really good baseball. And I wouldn't even be surprised to see them in the playoffs if it comes down to that. But we'll see what happens there in that series at Yankee Stadium. And it's not like the Red Sox have an easy schedule from here on out. I mean, they're going to Chicago. They're going to Seattle. And both series have massive wildcard implications as well. Because if they lose two out of three to Chicago, all of a sudden they could be on the outside looking in, especially if they lose two out of three or all three to the Mariners. That would be I mean, massive disappointment because the Mariners are also in the mix here for the wild card. So all of these games are becoming extremely important. Now, after that stretch I just talked about with the White Sox and with uh, the with the White Sox and the Mariners, I meant to say, after that it does lighten up. They get the Orioles, uh, they get the Nationals, and somebody else that is not that good. But overall, I mean, it's really right now is the most important part of the season. And you it's simply hope that the Red Sox can just tread water, can keep their head above water here until they get this team healthy and kind of, hopefully it's, it's a little bit of a jolt to get all these guys back on huh? a momentum swinger. You never know, but that's, that's simply all you can hope for right now as a Red Sox fan, because it's, it's, it's been not smooth sailing. Let's be honest. I mean, they should be on a stretch where they won five of their last six, but they're not. They've lost their last two after winning four straight, and today becomes massive. You have to make up for yesterday. You have to give yourself a chance to win this series in the third game. You have to be able to execute today. I don't know what to expect out of the Red Sox bullpen, like I said earlier, but at least you can expect a solid start from Eduardo Rodriguez after his last two outings. I mean, it seems like he's pitching his best baseball, and hopefully he can step up there, give them six, seven solid innings, and only leave a couple or a few innings to the bullpen. Because if you can get this two, kind of the sixth, seventh inning, you're only asking three guys or maybe even two guys if you use Garrett Richards for two innings, but I'm just not sure how available he's going to be today after the usage yesterday. But Adovino should be able to go in that ninth, and Hansel Robles should be able to go. So you have guys who should be able to go there with two, three innings of work. But once you get to four, maybe even a little over that four and two-thirds, somewhere around there, that's just not going to do the job for the Red Sox today after kind of what happened yesterday and the amount of pitchers that they did use yesterday. The big question here is, is Garrett Whitlock going to be able to go? They don't like using him on back-to-back -back days, but I believe he only pitched one inning yesterday. If, if my memory serves me correct, 
He only pitched one inning yesterday, so he should probably be able to go today. It'll be something to watch. But this, like I said, there's no way around. This is now a, a pretty big game because you got to give yourself a chance to win this series tomorrow. You, you have to. After dropping such a, a game that you should have had, today becomes all the more important. And hopefully Eduardo Rodriguez can relish in that opportunity. Overall, what I'm most excited to see today is how this team responds after one of the worst losses of the season, maybe the worst loss of the season. And that's saying something because they have lost some games in some heartbreaking, gut-wrenching fashion. Now, Chris Sale seemed to be in somewhat of decent spirits saying it's just sports and it's definitely a gut punch, but they just got to get back to work tomorrow. And that's exactly how I feel. I mean, yesterday was a tough one. It was a tough one for this team. It was one that kind of major question I mean, what the heck's going on but it's important to remember the COVID issues for this team and the fact that they're simply just trying to tread water I mean every win right now is a not a gift but just something you wouldn't even expect after what they're going through as a team I mean nobody would really necessarily blame the guys if they went on such a rough stretch here just because of the amount of guy the amount of players they are missing on this team but they have fought and, and they've kept themselves in contention here especially I mean you think about the stretch they had over a two-week period where it just felt like they couldn't win a baseball game and now that they're back and kind of you know in the mix here still fighting still got their their uh their horse in it, I, I guess you could say, uh, in the race. It, it, it's pretty, pretty impressive to watch. But it, it can't just be that four-game stretch. It's got to be more than that. They've got to be able to, to grab a few more wins over this stretch until they get healthy again because if they can, I have no doubt in my mind that they can make a little bit of a, of a push at the end of the season, be playing their best baseball going into the playoffs, and, and anything can happen once you get to the playoffs. But I mean, that's so far down the road that I don't even want to talk about it because in the matter of a week and a half, they could be nearly out of this thing if they can't kind of get this back and start fighting once again. But I have no doubt in my mind that they're going to because that's their identity. The Red Sox identity is that they fight. Let's just be honest about it. That's what they've done all season. As much as there was a stretch where it seemed like that's not what they were doing, they got back to that identity, and, and they've now started to fight yet again. I mean, yesterday, like I said, they fought. They just weren't able to win. And and that's obviously kind of an empty statement in a way because it doesn't make it any better. But at the end of the day, they continue to fight, and that's really all you can ask for. I mean, they could have leaned over, keeled over when Sandra Bogarts got COVID and said, all right, this season wasn't for us. It's 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 down the drain, and, and they have not done that. They are still in the mix with, I mean, less less than a month ago now. So it's it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be very interesting this next stretch. you you got to see how, how some of these guys are able to play. I mean, guys like Jose Iglesias, Taylor Motter, um, you got to see if they can kind of get at least somewhat of a uh, contribution. But overall, like I'm saying, right now it's about treading water. It's about keeping your head above the water. Because once you get out of this, that's when the real push starts. That's when the real, uh, you know, aim for October starts. But like I said, I don't even want to get there because I could be talking about this now. And then in a week, I'm talking about how it was a great season. So either way, that's where the Red Sox are at. I mean, you you got questions with the, the bullpen. Uh, you don't have a lot of guys to go to the bullpen. Your starters have pitched really well. You need that to continue on a stretch like this where, where you're shorthanded. 
Uh, you have guys that are trying to step up. Uh, didn't really work out with AAA, so now you're going the route of DFAs and guys who are getting released by their teams, bringing them in, who, who are major league ball players. They just didn't have a, a very good season, and, and their teams moved on from them. But it's really just putting pieces together right now. It's throwing it's throwing stuff at the wall and hoping it sticks, really, from, from high on bloom. I don't blame him. I mean, this is, this is all he can do right now. Nobody saw this coming. Uh, it's nothing you could have expected. And it, it's it's been really something to watch because I never thought in September that Taylor Motter would be the starting second baseman and the leadoff hitter for the Boston Red Sox. But that's where we're at, and they continue to fight. And tonight just became a whole lot bigger. It became a whole lot bigger because you can't get swept by the Rays. You can't uh, put yourselves in, in that position going into some really tough series with the Chicago White Sox in Chicago with the Seattle Mariners in Seattle. You got to get back on the right track and it starts today. Eduardo Rodriguez is a guy that has pitched well his past two times out. He's the guy who can get the ball rolling for this team, give them a chance to win this series potentially. Uh, I don't want to speak too soon, but man, today is, it's a big game. It is. I mean, yesterday was a big game, but today is even bigger because of what happened yesterday. And one guy to watch will be Alex Verdugo because man, oh man, like I said, he wears his emotion on his sleeve. I love that about him, but I kind of expect a, a decent response from Verdugo. I mean, after what happened I, I can expect him to go out there and at least execute a few times, get some good hits, get some timely hits, and I, I expect him to be pretty darn good in the field. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not. But thank you for listening to today's episode. Love talking about the Boston Red Sox. Uh, I will be back in a couple days, probably with Shat Talk NFL. We'll get back on that and, and talk some NFL topics. Maybe I'll have Jamal back on the show if he's available. Maybe Ben Catino too. And those are kind of my guys when it comes to NFL. I love shooting it back and forth with them. But again, thank you for listening to the episode. And hopefully the Red Sox can straighten this thing out. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in and spending some time with us. Make sure to stay posted for new episodes and content. This show was recorded at Rhythm Room Studios in North Smithfield, Rhode Island by Nick Cloutier. Cloutier Productions, LLC.